Wrestling is fake news. Hi, this is WWE uh, Mr. USA Tony Atlas, and I got on this shirt, wait, this Triple H shirt. This is the Halloween special, by the way. Yeah, because Halloween is coming. <laughs> so I decided to come here and do this interview with y'all because it's Halloween, and I've y'all got to watch out for the creepers. Well, this is a good series to do about the Halloween of wrestling. Now, a couple of people asked me a couple of questions, and uh, I'm going to get to them. But right now, because it's Halloween, I'm going to start with a, a wrestler Halloween Scary story. I was in 1991. Well, who were the cheetah kid? Uh, what was his name? Uh, I said cheetah kid. Ted Petty. Ted Petty. S.D. Jones, Kamada, Heidi Lee Morgan, Heidi Lee Morgan, and we was in Europe. And we was working, and I stayed at this hotel. And at this hotel, I was tired. So I went to sleep that night. It was in Spain. I was in Spain. And I fell asleep, and I never had nightmares. This one time, I had a nightmare. So I woke up screaming, ah! What happened in my dream, it was this rug, animal-like rug laying on the floor. So I thought it was a rug. So I went to this texture to see what it felt like, and it jumped up, and the mouth came over, it was as big as an alligator mouth, and I jumped back, scared the hell out of me, but it was a dream. So I jumped up in bed, and I looked over, and it looked like a guy was sitting in the, you know how you go to the hotel, and got that chair there. That guy was sitting in the chair. 
I got the most calm feeling I've got in my life. Very, very calm feeling. So I didn't. I looked at it and I just did this, and then the person in the chair go. I thought it wanted to rest up, so I laid back down. So somebody said, "We're looking at." I looked. It was gone. I said, "What the fuck? What the hell was that?" So we go. I go downstairs. I'm sitting at the table with S.D. Jones and Kamala and the other rest of Ted Petty and all them guys. And I said, I was telling the story. Well, I went to the front desk. I told him, I said, I'm not staying in that room. I said, that room is haunted. I said, I don't believe in ghosts until tonight. I said, I saw one. I kept saying the guy was laughing. Oh, Tony, he's so full of it. He's so full of it. <laughs> they thought I was just ripping him. So I go to the front desk. I told him what happened. And he said, oh, you know, a lot of people pay a lot of money to stay in that room. I said, why? There was a musician, you know, play music. Yeah, and uh, he used to stay in that room all the time when he came to Spain to perform. And what what I, there, was, there was in Madrid, I, and Ronald Reagan was there during the time. Okay, he was in Madrid the same time because I got the newspaper, and he was in the Madrid the same time I was. I got the paper somewhere here, but anyway, he said he commits suicide because his uh his 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 girl he was waiting for her, and then he found out she ran away with another guy, so he killed himself in that room. They commit suicide. Oof. Yeah. Scared the hell out of me. Another time, and if she's listening, she could tell you this too. Her name is Lisa. She was my second wife. We were staying off of Castle Hill in Bronx, New York, right off of Castle Hill. In fact, I just saw a guy that said he remembered me working on a white plain road when I lived on Castle Hill with an Italian. She was half Italian, half Puerto Rican. Her name was... Uh, 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 Lisa, she she's in my book, uh, Too Much Too Soon. But anyway, <clears throat> I came home one night for a show. She said, this house is haunted. I said, come on, Lisa, stop messing with me. She said, I'm telling you, it is. She said, she opened the window, and she come back, the one that shut. I said, oh, that's just the wind. She said, what about the footsteps? I said, what footsteps? She said, well, the footsteps come up the steps, and when I opened the door, I thought it was you, but when I opened the door, there was nobody there. I said, Lisa, somebody's messing with you. And so anyway, one day she she became a, a stripper, you know, stripper, okay with me. You know, she was buying me, I was eating that stripper money. So, bring home all that money, honey. You know, I ain't got any You want to show it? You know, they, they the guy throw that money looking at it. She bring it on to me. I'll tap it. But anyway, I was sitting home watching TV one day, and uh, I heard footsteps. I said, oh, she's home. So I get up to open the door for Lisa. Ain't nobody there. <laughs> I shut the door. I hear the footstep going back down the steps. I went and told the landlord. He said, oh, yeah, he said, we've been getting that lately. See, the lady that used to own the building, she planked all these uh, rose bushes and everything. But the new people that, uh, that the kids were fighting over the building, so they sold it to this guy, sold it to this guy from, from, from Iran. Well, his wife didn't like all the rose bushes because she had kids. They got all these bees 
And the bees, she was afraid that the bees going to sting on her kid. So she cut down the rose bush. And say she cut down the rose bush, it started happening. <laughs> That's my Halloween story. And none of it's made up. I've I, 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 I witnessed these two things. So I don't know if it's... Uh, like right now, I do a lot of artwork. I won't draw snakes. I won't draw scary things. I draw nothing that deal with that stuff. So as a man think it, so should it be. So happy Halloween to all y'all out there. You kids go out trick or tree. I'll tell you another story about Halloween. Did a couple of people, if y'all got any questions, you say to Monty and the Pharaoh and I reaction and Larry gonna read them off. But I'll tell you this last Halloween story. Go back to my childhood. I think I told y'all about I went trick-or-treating and everything, and I got beat up. My candy got taken away and everything. That was one of the reasons why I got into uh, weightlifting, so people don't take nothing from me. Uh, you may you may whoop me, but I'm going to let you know I've been there. You know, I'm an old man, but I still could, could take care of old Tony. But anyway, Larry, what was the first question that Monty and the Pharaoh's son, Tony Atlas, here on this Halloween week? That All I right. need to answer. This first question comes from Robbie Lizzie. Robbie Lizzie. And he wants to know, did Bruiser Brody bring everything that happened on himself? Did Brody bring being murder on himself? Hell no. Hell no. There is nothing. The Bible said, thou should not take that that thou can't give. What reason can you think of to take a man from his family? What reason can you think of to murder a man and kill the territory of Carlos Colon that gave, gave all of us wrestlers a paid vacation? There was nothing so bad that couldn't be worked out verbally. No. That that's almost sad for someone to think like that Brody brought his killing on himself. Hell no, he was trying to make a living for his family. What Brody was trying to do, he was going to buy into the territory. He was miles and miles away from his home, trying to feed his family. Before he died, he asked Carlos Colon, take care of my family. He died with the picture of his son in his hand. When I took him to the hospital, he held that picture. They took me into the emergency room. He held that picture. They operated on him. They couldn't get that picture out of his hand. I, I can't believe somebody asked me that. What reason can you think of to murder a person? What reason for a murder? He didn't have no weapons. Yeah, he was a big, strong guy. He, he kicked the shit out of a lot of people. I beat up a lot of people. That don't mean that y'all y'all could shoot. Could give me two eight inch cuts across my stomach, miles and miles away from my home, leaving my wife and son. I listen to you asked that of his son. Dark side of the ring, I cried when I hear his son. He said, "Everybody got a bruise and Brody story, but me." How would you like to be bruised and Brody's son? And everybody talking about you. And they have nothing to do, nothing. You know nothing about your father. And he was doing it for his son. 
He didn't want to wrestle his whole life. He was in his, you know, he was in his early forties. He wanted to get on the promotion end of it. He wanted to, you know, buy into a territory and be a promoter where he could spend more time with his wife and family. He was trying to get out of the ring. And he died trying to be with his family. If he brought anything on himself, what he brought on himself was trying to leave the business. That cost him his life. If he had went along with the program and just wrestled until he's old and gray and beat up like me, he'd probably be living today. But he, but he tried to make a big move to improve his life where he didn't have to travel up and down the highway anymore. He wanted to be home with his family. That's all he talked about every time I went, Brody. My son, my son, my son. In fact, that's what he asked me to do before he died. He saw me drawing a picture of Mark and Jay Youngblood, who was also there. He said, Tony, that's great. Can you do a picture? Do a picture of my uh, do a picture of my son. You know? I said, yeah. I said, we're going to be here for a week. I said, I have it done. I said, I've been in Mark and Jay Youngblood. Mark and Jay Youngblood is Rick Romero's son. You know, yep. Romero. Yeah, Rick Romero. And I said, yeah, I have it done before. I said, give me the picture. He reached to give me the picture. Jose come along and said, Brody, can I talk to you, please? Brody turned and said, yes. Real nice. They both were nice. Nobody expected a damn thing. Brody walked into the into the shower. This is what I hear. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. I looked up. Brody was bent over. Jose had a knife in the air like this. I reach in, grab Brody to pull him back, and freaking intestine wrapped around my arm. When I laid him down, I had to not rip his intestines. I pulled his intestines off my freaking arm. How can the hell can you bring that to yourself because somebody got pissed off at you? I got pissed off at a lot of wrestlers. A lot of wrestlers got pissed off at me. A lot of people get pissed off at me. I don't want you putting a freaking knife in my belly because I say something you don't like. That's retarded shit, man. No, Brody did not deserve to die. I can't think of anybody. Well, I know some people deserve to die, you know, but not not Brody. Not for a disagreement in, in, a, rest, in a dressing room. Come on now. Thank you for your question anyway. What's with the next one, Larry? All right. The next one is from 1980 Triumph. And he wants to know, will you address what your stepdaughter spoke about? <laughs> yes, I will. Uh, let me see. How, how can I put this? When you marry a woman with kids, when I first met Monica, she lived by herself. And I said, Monica, why are you living by yourself? You having a kid? She said, yes, I got a daughter. Now, her daughter lived in one apartment. Her mother lived in the other apartment. Her mother worked every day, all day long. Monica, that's my wife. The daughter was on welfare. The daughter had two kids. The state of Maine took them two kids from the daughter from neglect and abuse. State record, check it out yourself. She lost them two kids, drove Monica nuts. Monica went through hell and high water trying to get the kids back. One child name was Alex. I used to take Alex to the gym. I used to take him fishing. 
Man, I was with Buddy. The other kid was name was Mason. Now Mason lived somewhere here in Maine. He used to work for Country Kitchen. He don't want nothing to do with his mom. Hurts his grandmother real bad because, you know, but the grandma tried her best to get Mason back. She got four kids, four different fathers. Not saying anything wrong with that. But where I came, stepped into the picture, and this is where it started with us. Say she told her story. This is my time to tell her story. I stepped in, but she abused her mom. She took advantage of her mom. Her mother used to work at Clover Manor. She's get up in the morning. She had to be at work at seven, work from seven to three. She walked. How far my house is for Clover Manor out here on Manor Avenue? It's at least a two or three miles. She walked two or three miles to work. Walked back from work. Monica used to tell me, she said, Tony, when I come on, I got to get my nap. I mean, she like, she, every day she was tired. The daughter stayed in bed until 12 o'clock because she was on welfare. She didn't have to work. She had different one boy after the next, you know, one boy after the next. Well, she would knock on the door. Mom, I want you to keep keep the kids from me. I'll be back in a couple of hours. So she leave the, the kids with, with Monica. <laughs> then I would go back. Two hours, three hours. Now Monica is up with the kid. She got to be at work at freaking seven o'clock in the morning. She's going to get up at five, leave the house at six with no breakfast. She's stuck with the kid. Malenka dropped the kids off so she can have sex with her boyfriend. And she did it all the time. One time, Monica, Monica made $120 a week. She came and took Monica, what Monica took her bus fare. And I, I, and I said, Monica, come on, I want to show you something. We were staying in an apartment on Main Street there. And right across from the apartment was a place called No Tomato. I saw her and John going in to get drinks with Monica money. Monica had to walk all week so she could take her freaking boyfriend out. So I stepped in. Now, y'all that don't know me, y'all hear what Monica fussing about. But if you notice, Monica is not just fussing about me. She's like talking about her life in Germany. Monica used to vent a lot. My wife got a lot of scars. A lot of scars. A lot. Uh, I, I used to step in. I used to stand up for her mom. I said, nope, she's not going to babysit the kids. Babysit your own kids. You have them, you take care of them. You ain't going to keep dumping them kids. Your mom just, your mom's going to get her nap. So she went and told mom that one time, you know, that I came from the box. I was scratching my balls one day. She said I was jerking off in front of her. She told her mom that, which was not true. I said, she would say anything to break us up. She don't have nobody now. Can't no man live with that woman. She's evil. She's mean. She's temperamental. And she's sleek as hell. She just robbed me. She flew in from freaking Hawaii when her mother first had a stroke. I thought she was concerned about her mom. That's what I thought. She come with her daughter, you know, and I had to go out of town. So I gave her the key to to uh, to my place, and I and I say, so you know, I can get a hotel. You can stay. You can stay here. I said I'll be gone for the weekend. I come back. All of her mother jewelry is gone. All of her artwork is gone. Anything of value is gone. 
So I went to the Louisville Police Department and told them, they said, well, the only way you made a mistake, you gave the key. He said, there's nothing we could do because you gave her the key. She just called, she just texted a letter to Monica Caseworker. Her mother been in the hospital for two years. Malinka have not called. She only came for one time to see her mom in two years. And that came to steal whatever her mother had of value. That woman is so low. And I don't say mean things about people. That girl is so low. She could walk under a snake without bending over. Her name is Malenka Johnson. I got text messages on the phone. I showed her caseworker. Her caseworker said, it's a damn shame. She turned her back on her mom. I go to see Monica every day, every day. Who asked that question? Uh, tr uh, 1980 Triumph. Ask him when was the last time that she, that, that Monica daughter picked up the phone to see how her mom is doing. When last time she did something for Name one thing she did for her mom. Her mom in the hospital now worrying about her. Well, the tapes that she taped, I don't fight women's. You ask my wife right now. If, if I get along with a woman, you know what I do? I leave. I leave the house. I try to talk to her. If, if I can't get through to her, I leave. Every conversation that Malenka taped, I was sitting on the porch. Chewing my tobacco, drinking my beer. And then when I hear the phone go click, I come back in. So she, Monica couldn't fight with me. So she would call her daughter up and bitch to her daughter. Didn't bother me. I never knew what they were talking about because I didn't listen in. I'm not nosy. But when I get mad at my wife, I just walk away. I don't hit women. I don't fight with women. First of all, I don't like losing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like losing. I can't win a fight with my wife. So I, I, I would just walk away, let things cool down. Sometimes I used to think my wife used to pick a fight with me just for the hell of it. Because uh, after that conversation, what Malenka didn't know, after that conversation was all over with and everything. She got through venting and getting it off her chest. Me and her mom went and had some good sex. <laughs> she said she had her best sex after a fight. So Makeup sex. That's always, what man. I'm saying. I mean, I've been with my wife for 30-some years. Malenka left her mother when she was 16 years old. Never did nothing for her mom a day in her life. She been living in Hawaii for 15 years. She lived in Hawaii for 15 years. Never thought about talking to her mom or doing anything for her mom. She ordered some damn relative damn tape just to just to hurt me and to hurt her mom. I let her mom listen to her. I shouldn't have, but I did. I want because I don't. We don't keep secrets between us. Made her mom cry. She said, why would my own daughter do that to me? She said, I confide in her. Every woman got another woman they confide in. You ask yourself, just like if I have an argument with my wife, I may go and talk to Larry about it. I don't expect Larry to tape every damn thing I'm saying, show it to my wife. 
That's a betrayal. Okay. She betrayed her mom. Her mother did that because her mother figured she could vent, tell her how she felt. And I pissed my wife off a lot. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not no angel. My wife got mad at me a lot of times. She probably will get mad at me in the future. But we never went to bed mad. And we still love each other. My wife been in the hospital for two years with a stroke. I go there every day. I go to the gym at 5 in the morning, sometimes 6. I work at 12. I grab a sandwich. I go set my wife at 6 to 7 o'clock every night. This girl turned her back on her mom. She turned her back on her kids. Everybody in Maine know who she is. She left bills for her mother to pay off to keep her out of jail. She don't care nothing about her mom. She just liked that control. She was in control of her mother. See, her mother had two kids. One named Ariana, who lives in Germany. That, that's her first child. But the father beat my wife up beat her up real bad, and dared her to take the kid away. So Ariana was raised. Now the other kid, Malenka, who is black, her father was black, but he also was a pimp and a thug. That's why Monica left New York and came up here for not only her safety, but for her child's safety. And she moved to Maine to protect this little evil-ass daughter of hers. And now she's on TV talking about how bad I am and I'm this and that. She don't even know me. And you ask my wife now. My wife said, I've always tried to be good to her. Always tried. I helped raise her kid. I babysit her kids for her. I bought her food and everything. She didn't even show up for our wedding. She can't keep no man. Can't no man live with that woman. Every man she got left, she's mean as shit. Now she's about 300 freaking pounds and even meaner. Because every fat cell she got on the body, the brain got mean with her too. Mean ass old big old black ass woman. Yeah, I'm going to tell you like I told her. She's she just doing it to hurt me and her mom. She tried to get me kicked out of the, the, the hospital where my, the rehab center. Tried to get me kicked out. And there's no, Monica got nobody here. No grandkid, no nothing. So if you get kicked me out of the hospital, who's going to go visit Monica? I was at the hospital today changing my wife's diaper. Where's that damn daughter? I got one thing to say to Malenka Johnson. Screw you. And on that, would you like to go to the next one? Yeah, who's the next? This one's actually just... Give me something to make me happy. This, is, no big old, this is just a, big old a, a jelly statement belly, that was sent. no thick lip, big flat-footed, stinky, nappy-headed, Booker up nose, nasty, good for nothing, but, but make me lose my religion. Tell me what and my mom would say, now, girl, you make me lose my religion. Now, don't hold back. Tell me what you really think. <laughs> this next one is from Antonio McAllister. Antonio. He has just a statement. Tony, are you, or actually I guess it is a question. Are you a role model for blacks? Oh, why he asked me something silly like that? I first thought it said you are a role model. For no, I am not a role model for blacks. 
I'm not a role model for whites. I'm an American citizen. Here we, go. we have to get away from this white, black stupidity. In wrestling, Dusty Rhodes, number one, number one wrestling fans was blacks. Sputnik Monroe. Yep. When I was in Texas, Amarillo, Texas, I wanted to get some barbecue. Talk to Sputnik. I want to get a black girl. Talk to Sputnik. Anything black, I was going to wrestle Sputnik Monroe. And the, the crowd was like 70%, 70% black. So I said, oh, hell, I'm going to get over like a million dollars here. Look at all these black people. You a heel. They started booing me when Sputnik came out. All these black people cheering for Sputnik. I was with Dusty Rose in Atlanta, Georgia, with this black lady who's always bring. She brought some food one day, fried chicken, potato salad, peach cobbler. Oh, boy, all that good stuff. So I'm the only black guy there. So I rolled up Tommy Rich kid this store. I rolled up with Tommy Rich, and I just knew they bought that food for me. Because I'm black, the only black guy there. All this fried chicken and potato salad and peach cobbler, I know they got to be for me. So I went up and said, hey, how you doing? She said, how are you, Tony? How are you? I said, I'm doing fine. I said, what you got there? She said, I got fried chicken. I got potato salad. And I got peach cobbler. She said, smell that peach cobbler, Tony. Mm, that's peach cobbler. Smell good. So I said, well, who is that for? That's for Dusty. <laughs> Dusty Road was loved by all. Yep. Wrestling fans had never looked at it. I told Tommy Rich, I said, I'm, I'm one of the best black wrestlers. You, uh, he said, Tony, you're not black. you Tony Atlas. Tommy Rich told me that. You're not black. You're not. you Tony Atlas. When I look at the president of the United States, I don't see a white president or a black president or good representative. How would I like to ask it? Do you think you're a good representative for white people? Oh, wow. But do you? You think you're a good representation for Chinese people? We are Americans. We have to get away from this white, black. Now, I know y'all saw over the summer Black Lives Matter. They left one word out. Black Lives Matter 2. Because if I say Black Lives Matter, you're going to say, well, all lives matter. Well, I would say, well, when I see a white guy get choked to death for, for 10 minutes, I would listen to that. But I don't see that. I got to go by what I see. But yes, all lives matter. But when they left that one word out, that caused controversy, too. In the rest of it, we learn how to dot every I across every T. Now, if I say black lives matter too, that gives you no game to fight. Yeah, I matter too. That's saying you matter, but I also matter. But if I say black lives matter, what about Chinese? What about now? You left it's wide open gate, wide open gate. You can come at it from all type of different slapping around and everything. Else. But I don't say these things. I don't. Larry Hunter is not a white guy. He's not a white Scotsman. He's my friend. He's not white. He's not black. He's Larry Hunter. When I went to see Huck Hogan, a guy told Hogan, 
I was out of the room. Another guy came out to tell me. He went to Hulk Hogan. He said, uh, I came here to see one legend, and I ended up seeing two, you and Tony Atlas. Hogan said, I don't see Tony Atlas as a, uh, a legend. I see him as my friend. Tommy Wildfire Rich. His mother said, I said, me and Tommy, good friend. She said, no, y'all not friends, y'all brothers. She said, I'm adopted you. You're my son now. Tommy Rich's mother called me his son. George Scott, when I used to call him up on the phone, his wife, you know, if she said 11, she'd tell you. She used to call and say, hey, George. And George is an old Scotsman, you know. He was born in Scotland, you know. In fact, I'm going to tell you what part of Scotland right here. I got it all right here, brother. What part of Scotland was George Scott born? Oh, he was born in Dalmeny, Scotland. Dalmen? Dalmen? D-A-L, Dalmeny. Dalmeny, Scotland. Dalmeny, Scotland. In 1939. 29. 1929. And every time he knew I grew up without a father. So he said, Tony, for now, I'm going to be your dad. He's white. Most of my fans was not, uh, it's not, it's not black. Dusty Rose, all his fans was not white. Tom Brady, all his fans ain't, ain't white. How would I go to Tom Brady and say, hey, Tom Brady, uh, you think you're a good representation for white folks? Bro, come on. You think white folks appreciate you? Being the best quarterback in this, in this century? See? No, I do not think I'm a good representative for black people. You know, with the, the, the crap that I did in my life, I don't think I'm a good representative <laughs> for nobody. Don't put me. I, I ain't on that pedestal, brother. You talking to the wrong person here. I mean, I did drugs. I've been in fist fights. I've been divorced twice. You know, almost lost my daughter. You know, I, I have did a lot of shit that I would not want none of my kids to do, my grandkids do, all for you to do. I have done a lot of stuff that I'm proud of, but I did a lot of stuff that I'm not too proud of. But I own I own it. I believe in self-responsibility. In, in this world, that I in my life, thousands and thousands of people have helped me. I owe my success to thousands and thousands of people, black, white, Chinese, everything, Oriental, Spanish, they all that helped me. I owe my failure, my failure to me. For as Klondike Bill always said, you are the captain of your own ship. I got my destiny. If somebody said, Tony, let's go and rob a bank, it's up to me. No, I do not think I'm a good. What would the thing want me to say? Something. Do I think I'm? A good, are you a? Are you a role model for blacks? No, I'm not a role model for blacks. For Americans. For Americans, I could tell you how what's struggling all like. I could tell you how to keep confidence in yourself and build yourself back up. I could tell you how to be humble, humble yourself. But no, I don't see the world in black and white. I don't. My wife is from Berlin, Germany. She's as white as white could be. And I met three women in my life 
three that love me. Two black women and one white woman. The two black women, my grandmother and my mother, Miss Lydia Caswell and Miss Beatrice James. They love me. The third woman that I met that saved my life, I, I would have died 30 years ago if it wasn't for a white woman. Wasn't no black woman pulled me out of them, them ditches. Was a was a black woman, a white woman. No, I don't believe in color. I mean, I I like you if you're nice. I don't like you if you're not nice. I don't dislike my stepdaughter. I just think that she's a prick. That's all. I don't dislike her, you know. She can't change who she are or what she are. I'm just glad I don't have to live with her. <laughs> I was glad she didn't live with us, you know. <laughs> you know, and don't be going to lie my... No, I'm glad the hell I didn't live with that woman, you know. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't touch her with a 10-foot pole. She never was as pretty as a mom. No, you know, what's that nice as a mom? Monica would do anything for anybody. She's white. She's white. She could have got, you know, she went through segregation. Uh, a lot of, she went through more shit with that black daughter than what I went through. If anything, that daughter, instead of trying to hurt Monica, her husband, the only person here to take care of her, that damn daughter of hers, she'll be doing something to try to help her mom. She ain't did shit for her mom. I've been married to that woman for, for 30 years. I've never seen that girl do a damn thing for her mother but take, 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 take. I don't know how many times she called up when she didn't get what she wanted. You don't love me no more if you don't give me no money. I hate you. I got texts right now when she talking about how much she hate her mom. She hates her mom. She's not showing y'all that tape to get even with me. She figured that they're going to hurt her mom. Her mother in the hospital with a freaking stroke. Now, what daughter would do that to their mother in the hospital with a stroke? Big old rubber butt looking. That thing up. Gonna lose my religion. All right, we'll go to the next one. Well, next, well, I'm gonna lose the next my one religion. is by Fly Guy. Fly Guy. He wants you to elaborate on wrestlers pilling women up to take advantage. Well, let's put it this way. It wasn't wrestlers. It was how the world was. Women in America have been taken advantage of since the beginning of this country, whether we want to realize it or not. We will not let a woman vote until Susie B. Anthony out of upstate New York march in the street. We've been taking advantage of women, and we ain't stopped. Yes, I've seen some wrestlers give women pills in my younger days. Somebody said, why you didn't do nothing about it? Now, what in the effing hell do you think a black man could do to white folks in the 70s? Who do you think? You look at things the way they are now, because you're probably not that bright. The black people in the 70s, their job was to be seen, not here. We didn't have a voice either, you got to realize. Women's had no voice in this country for many, many, many years. Blacks didn't have a voice. When I first hear Martin Luther King talk, scared the shit out of me. 
I told my mom, I said, ah, mom, look at how he talk. When I saw Muhammad Ali, the way he talking that scared me. I never seen a black man speak like that before. Every black man I knew, yell some balls, yell some midday, yell midday, sound like Chester on Gunsmoke. That's how they all talk. Sometimes I think Chester on Gunsmoke imitating black people. Mr. Dillon, Mr. Dillon, Mr. Dillon. That's how the world was. I see women taking advantage of a lot. And it ain't changed. What changed? What have changed? 75%, 75% of black kids grow up without a father. 50% of Spanish kids grew up without a father. 30% of Caucasian kids grew up without a father. The worst, the worst is my race, 75%. I asked Dick Murdoch one time who would People say he was involved with the claim, and he admit that he was. I said, why you call a full-grown black man a boy? He said, that's easy, Tony. A boy don't have responsibility. He said, have I ever called you a boy? I go, no. He said, because you're responsible. I became a boy later. If you are playing basketball, you got kids, and you're not taking care of them, you're not trying to do your best. My daughter was out of my life for a while. I mean, I got hooked on the drugs, you know. I, I lost, almost lost my daughter. But God bless my daughter, you know, gave me a second chance. And I would do nothing to fuck it up. If she called right now and said, Dad, I need something, I'm, I'm right there. 75% of black kids grow up without a father. The mother had to be both. I grew up without a father. We can make the babies, but we take no responsibility. We expect the U.S. government to take care of it. None of my stepdaughter kids got a father. Maybe the daughter do, but their father is not. Alex's father is not in his life. Mason's father is not in his life. Devin's father is not in his life. She got three kids. I know their father's not involved in their life. Why don't she take that and put it on the show? She raised three fatherless kids. She should know. Men could make the baby, then they can walk away from their responsibility. Women have been abused in this country since the beginning of this country, and nothing has changed. My wife is in the hospital right now. If I want to go buy myself a T-shirt, Larry, I get a whole pack of T-shirts, six, for $5. Six T-shirts for $5. Wow. Well, I go buy my wife a t-shirt. It's five dollars for one. Do you know women clothes cost more than men? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Why would they charge a woman more for the same clothes? Because they're bad. They want to keep women down. Yeah. We even doing that. Not to get into politics. I listen to him talk. President Obama was president. Don't Ben Gaza. Hillary got the blame. Bill Clinton did the cheating. Hillary got the blame. My wife looked at me when that happened. She said, you better not try that. I said, try what? <laughs> she said, you better not try that. I can, I, I can hear her talking. Too. You know, Monica. <laughs> and I said, try what? 
She said, you think you can go and cheat on me and I'm going to take the blame like Hillary's doing. You got another thing coming, muscle. You can put that in your pipe and smoke it. But I never saw nothing like that. Bill did the cheating. Hillary got the blame. And I asked women, well, how come y'all not mad at Bill? Or we mad at him too. But we mad at Hillary for not leaving him. What kind of woman would do that? What kind of man would cheat on his wife? You we, you voted him in. Janet Jackson and Jesse Timberlake. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Two people involved, right? Oh, yeah. Janet, Jesse, hand. Jesse Timberlake, hand. Grab Jack, Janet Jackson blouse. Pull it off. Exposing her. Booby, booby, booby. Who got the blame? She did. Janet Jackson. Yeah. And I like, listen to him talk like, now. And like that wasn't planned by both of them. Of well, course. I don't care. I don't care what it was. I know who got the blame. Oh, you don't know. Absolutely. I'm not I, I'm not there. I'm not going to be a psychologist trying to figure out who planned, who did, no matter what. All I know, all I know is what I saw. Yeah. And what I saw yeah. was two people doing something. Yeah. And the female yeah. got the blame. Absolutely. Yeah. If a little boy go out and get in trouble when I was a kid. We would say this, boys will be boys, okay? I could get on here and brag about how many women I had sex with. I could brag about it. I've been with this girl, I was with this girl, I've been with this girl, and, feel, and still be called Mustard Atlas the next day. You let my daughter get out here and start bragging about how many men she with. She what y'all call her in the morning. Oh, <coughs> Hello. You know, you got to look at, that's the truth, brother. We got to, sometime in our life, we have to be honest and take self-responsibility. Women's always been mistreated. They're still mistreated in this country. Ain't nothing changed. Look at spousal abuse in this country. You know, the girl, this, this little girl out here, just not recently, I shouldn't say nothing about I don't know nothing about it. I just go by what I see. The girl get missing there. Out near his out the way. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. want to put her in jail. You know, these guys beating up these women and killing them and all this and that stuff, man, and walking away with it. You know, how many guys don't did something did something to women that, you know, every time a woman comes forward, we depend on what side of the fence the person is, we make up excuse. I remember one time I was a kid. Well, I wasn't a kid. I was a young man. And this woman was in this in this bar something. She got raped. I remember was in the trial. And they say she brought it on herself because yeah. she wore some some short shorts. Mm -hmm. I don't wear short shorts. <laughs> you want to wait me? <laughs> you want to see my short shorts? I got short shorts on. I can wear shorts. I ain't got to worry about being raped. You mean you can rape a woman because she wears shorts? Are you freaking ripping me? That's how we do. If black men care about black women, 75% would not grow up without a father. If Spanish men cared about Spanish women, 50% would not grow up without a father. If Caucasian men cared about women, 30% would not grow up without a father. Spousal abuse would not exist. I like when they talk about abortion. Now, I'm a Christian, but they always tickle me, you know, when they talk about abortion. I see all these men. I'm going to tell y'all something. I, 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 if 
Millions got pregnant. Abortion be the First Amendment. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever saw a woman give birth, walk around oh, yeah. your freaking belly out here for nine months, get stuck with the baby, lose your career and everything with a baby. Yeah, we'd be all for it. But us guys always say, hey, you know, you're killing the baby, you're killing the baby. Well, you should take care of it when it get here. You kill it out there and get here. You starve his ass to death. You put it in poverty. You leave the kid so you can join the game. You want her to give birth to her, but then after the kid get it, you don't want nothing to do with it. Yeah, you're talking about just pulling up. You, you, you know, you get that damn Morella bullshit. I, you know, that's where that shit comes from. Let's leave his name out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, <clears> women, <throat> women still is mistreating it. Go to the police station and ask about spousal abuse in this country. You think women being treated right? <laughs> I got one question. It have changed a lot, but it still got a long ways to go. I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. This is the last one of the day. What did China mean to you? My wife liked it, her. See, Monica don't like many people. And what a lot of people didn't know, Triple H didn't know this either. Charlie is German, and my wife is German. So she had nobody to talk to in German. Oh. So Charlie and my wife used to socialize. She was not a friend of mine. She was a friend of uh, my wife. Oh, wow. They used to talk all the time in German. Oh, that's I awesome. didn't know Charlie was German until my wife told me. Did you know La she was German? Lauer. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. yeah. My wife liked it. My wife, there was, when I went back in 2006 to be inducted in the Hall of Fame, and in 2008, now my wife was very, very psychic. She could read people like never before. She had to, you know, her generation. She yeah. born in 1941, and, you know, and she went through hell and high water. You know, she part German and part Jewish, so she had oh, to wow. really, yeah, yeah, she had oh, to really, wow. you know, she had to really, my wife is part Jewish also, so she had to really, really know her P's and Q's. So she met Shauna, she met Victoria Nighthawk, and what was the other one she liked? Mickey James, and Belle Phoenix. Beth Phoenix, yeah, the, the Glamazon. Yeah, Glamazon. There were the four women that my wife liked it. I said, what about the rest? She's a whole bunch of, I can't say it on there. She liked grown women. She liked uh, Linda McMahon. She said that Linda McMahon was a strong woman. She'd make a good president. She loved Linda McMahon. She liked Chana. She liked uh, Natalia. The rest of the ones she didn't like. Mm -hmm. She liked the grown women. Well, no, it she was didn't just, like, no, I mean, she didn't like the little, little. Well, it's not that Monica would do that with men's too. She, she, she could sing if you got a good heart or not. Okay. It was something here about Monica. You know, she she developed that as a child. That what kept her out of trouble. She could read you. And then when she met Charlie, she said, "Oh, what a sweet girl." When she met uh, Natalia, yeah, she said, "Oh, I like her." But Monica. Them, the, in, in the whole, in all the divas, all of them, the only ones she liked were Chana that she met, Mickey James, Natalia, and Belle Phoenix. Interior strength. 
Yeah. They all had interior strength. Yeah. yeah. And she liked it. Linda McMahon. Yeah. Interior strength. She could sense you. And Monica would tell me one thing. I'll tell you a quick story of how sensible she are. In fact, me and the buddy man in George Farm, we were talking about it the other day. Some guys came to my house one time and they want me wanted me to rob to help them to 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 rob a drug dealer over here on Knox Street. Little Dominican guy. The drug dealer was from the Dominican Republic. And uh my wife said, if you go with them, don't come back here. Don't come back here. Cause they needed a car. And I had a car. And they wanted me to give them a ride. I, I was in Auburn. They wanted me to give them a ride to Lewiston. And they said, Tony, we, we give you some. We could, this guy, you know, he sells uh, a, a marijuana. We give you a bag. I said, y'all got some money? No, no, we ain't got no money. I said, I ain't got no money for no weed. I said, my wife don't let me buy weed no more. I'm trying to quit all that stuff. He said, well, uh, we, we, uh, only thing you have to do is give us a ride there. You don't have to go in. Uh, we just want to ride to the dealership, to go to this drug dealer. So my wife said, if you take them over there, she said, don't come back here. You stay with them. So I said, no, nah, man. I said, you know, uh, I don't have a place to stay. I said, if this woman kicked me out, I'm out in the cold. I said, a bag of weed is not worth, you know, uh, you know, being out in the cold. So I stayed home. The next day, my wife come running in with the newspaper. A buddy man named Jerry, he gave him a ride because he going to get a free bag of, of weed. The guys really didn't try to roll the, the Dominican guy. The little Dominican guy, he had a little 25 automatic, 22 or 25 automatic, mm -hmm. whatever. I don't know much about guns. And they got a fighting because the guy was not going to let him. He pulled out the drug dealer, pulled out a gun. They got a fighting over the over the gun. The gun went off, killed the Dominican drug dealer. The police arrested all three. Mm -hmm. That was in 1996. Each person, including Jerry, who never went in the building, never went in the building, mm -hmm. got 25 years. If I had gave them a ride that day, what are we looking here? From from 96, when would I got out? 25 years later. This year. Yeah. No Hall of Fame. I would have spent the last 25 years of my life in jail for giving a guy a ride to a drug dealer's house. Mm -hmm. 25 years. I think it was around 96 that this happened. 95 or 96. Mm -hmm. Right along there. Yeah. And the guy that gave him a ride was a good friend of mine. I used to go over to his house. He used to make good pig feet. <laughs> He'd make them, you know, for you black people out there. They made them with a nice and sticky. They sticky, sticky, sticky. They good then, you know. And, and I would have just get by just by giving them a ride. I would have went to penetrate. And in Maine, you don't get 25 years, it's 25 years. Yeah, there's no, we have no probation. Yeah, I would be getting out this year. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them died in prison. They never saw the outside world mm -hmm. for a bag of weed. My wife felt it. My wife, my grandmother was like that. My grandmother told us one time to stay away from this kid. He said, she said, he's troubled. Y'all stay away from him. So we did. The next day, 
They said, you hear about what happened to so-and-so? My brother Walter, Charles, could tell you more about it because, you know, they spent more time with mom than I did. I left when I was 11. And uh, he went to steal this car. But the guy put the car in the shop because it had a, a gas leak. Mm -hmm. So he's driving the car, and the gas carbon from the car, car he died from carbon dioxide poison. My grandma told us, stay with that boy, he's trouble. Because she was sitting on the porch, she never went anywhere, and she watched everything someone do. And so when she see you do something, she remember that. So when you come around her, she know that you ain't no good. My grandmother was like that. We used to think grandma was psychic. But she wasn't psychic. She said, very observant. Yeah, very observant. And my wife, Monica, uh, Monica is just like my grandmother. You know? So Monica is kind of like my grandmother and my mother all wrapped up in, in one bag. Strong, determined. Uh, my brother Norris is like that. In fact, my brother Walter, he, he's like that. He, he can read people very, very good. You know, he have to because see, Walter is not as big as me. But Walter, I would say, is the, the toughest kid in my family. You know, he's about five foot eight, five foot nine. That same maybe we're about 180 pounds. But, but you, I got a picture of him. You know, he got like 18, 19 inch arms. He don't work out. He's just a natural, just rugged kid. He had to be tough because he would have, you know, he was the smallest of the of of the group. So Walter always had to be tough to take care of. Cause he stayed with mom long after we left. You know, he took care of mom, my brother Walter. And Charles was always on the go. Yeah. You know, Charles was like, he, he was always on the go. But Walter, he hung around. That's why I said I tried to get Walter to be on my program one day, cause he know more about what happened, you know, more about my mom than I do. Because I don't know much about my mom because I left when I was 11, came back when I was 13 or 14, stayed with my mom for one year, then I moved in with Lorella. You know, at 15, I was no longer at home. After being away from my mother for three years, I, you know, and then after Lorella, I went into wrestling. Right. So when I look at my life with my mom, it was no more than 12 years. Whereas Walter spent you know, from the beginning of his life all the way up until now, uh, with mom, so he could tell you a lot about what my mother was really like and and how things was after I was gone. Yeah, most of the stories I tell was from age eleven back. By the time I became a teenager, I was no longer with my parents no more. I was living by my, you know, I was living with uh, Loretta Myers. You know, so Walter would be the one to come on here to tell you more about uh, my mom and. And Charles, Charles right now is is the biggest of of all of us. Charles like six four, three hundred pounds. So he he's the strongest of all too. Uh, I, he was stronger than me and never worked out. Just that natural strong. My brother Norris. So you already had it in the genes before yeah, you started. Yeah. Now, now of all my brothers, the one I'm the most proud of is my brother Norris. Norris McCall. You know he 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 did a lot. He went in the job corps. When he was 15 years old, left the job corps, went into the army, stayed in the army. While he was in the, uh, the army, he went to college, educated himself. So he worked, he's the oldest of us. He worked himself up from nothing and became, and, 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 and due to the military, they gave him opportunity, you know, and he lived a pretty comfortable life. He's like in his 70s now, but, but, but I'm, I'm real proud of him because he served our country. He don't have nothing bad to say about nobody. He's very proud, the most proud American that I would know. He don't get in, 
he don't badmouth presidents, he don't badmouth government, he don't badmouth the country at all. He said the people instead of most people that badmouth this country never served this country in no type of way. Is the way he feel. You know, if if you put your life on the line for for the, for for this country, to me you are true American. Because but if you just out there running your mouth, just be running your mouth. You know, you don't have the right. Like if you don't vote, you don't have the right to, uh, to complain. Exactly. So I'm I'm very proud of my brother Noise, and I think he was the biggest influence in in my life that you can make something out of yourself. Because when I saw my brother Norris going into the job corps and then going into the military, I said, hell, if, if Norris could do it, how come I can't do it? You yeah. know, Charles became a <clears throat> chef all over Roanoke. My brother Charles became a, a chef, you know, kept cooking the, some of the biggest, most expensive hotels, you know, uh, 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 around. So once again, I want to thank all you for putting up with my crap for one more series. <laughs> Happy Halloween. And as Triple H would say, how you do that?